All right, good morning. Uh, welcome to our next to last parenting class. So we got this one, then one more uh, next week, which will be on, um, which will be on family worship. Um, and Brian Davis will be leading us through that. So uh, Brian's got a lot of good stuff on family worship. So uh, be sure to be here for that. Hey, Leons. Morning. Um, let me uh, let me open us and a word of prayer, and then we'll get into to this to this session. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your new mercies. Uh, God, we pray uh, that this Lord's Day, as we have marked off to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, I pray that our affections for Christ will be warmed. I pray that the fellowship of the saints would be encouraging to us. And I pray that all the folks who are here early in these equipping uh, our classes, all three of them, uh, as well as all the kids who are in their classes, God, I pray that um, as we... uh, look at scripture together and consider uh, truths from your word and how to apply them, that you would um, build us up, that you would indeed equip us, that we might not be tossed to and fro, that you would help us to um, understand more and more what it looks like to, to live the Christian life, and specifically in this class, how to do that as parents. Uh, may we encourage one another and learn from one another this morning and from your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so this, uh, this class, uh, I don't know if you guys... If, if you guys saw the titles of the class, I don't even know if we post that anywhere. Uh, but this morning, uh, the title of this class is called Family Culture. Um, and this is, uh, it's a little bit of a different class, I think, than, than some of the other ones. Um, there's a lot of things that we could say about family culture, like establishing a, a culture in your family, right? So as Christian families, we want, uh, we want to have homes that are um, saturated with forgiveness and love and repentance and you know, we, we could just think of all the different things that we want instilled in the cultures of our families um, but what what I have in mind for this class is more of what kinds of things uh, should we be establishing as rhythms in our families so um, whether that's a, a daily rhythm a weekly rhythm uh, a seasonal rhythm kind of once in a lifetime uh, rhythm, uh, so there's different, uh, which wouldn't really be a rhythm, I guess. Uh, anyway, anyway uh, event. Um, but what kind of things could we establish in our homes uh, that will reinforce and um, and uh, and and build into our homes uh, things that are, are really biblical and godly and good and right? So that's kind of what we have in mind. Um, I worked uh, before we, before we went to China. I worked for a, a ministry in, in Memphis, Tennessee. And we had um, we had a, a good bit of uh, teaching on uh, or, uh, uh, these practical discipleship lessons uh, that we would do, and we, we would do some stuff on parenting. And uh, a course, kind of like or a session, kind of like this, is one of the things we did. And people always loved it. I didn't teach it, so I'm not saying like the way I taught it. That wasn't like everybody loved my teaching. It wasn't that. If somebody else taught it, but uh, the reason people loved it is it was it's an opportunity um, to kind of learn from one another in a sense. So we're going to look at some biblical. So. I'm going to grab one of these handouts. Um, so as you can see on the handout, so basically I have six rhythms or six kind of rhythms that I, I want to uh, commend to us to create in our homes. And what I want to do for each, so I'm going to give you the rhythm. Uh, we're going to look at a couple scripture uh, references uh, that I think help reinforce why that type of a rhythm would be important in a, in a Christian family. Then I want to give you a, a couple examples um, of ways that either we try to do it in our family or I've observed in other families uh, try to do it well. I actually emailed a, a number of people this week, um, uh, just some friends of mine, emailed the elders and said, hey, what, what are some of the ways you guys try to do this? Got some good responses back. Um, so the rhythm, some scripture verses, some examples I've seen, and then just I want to hear from you guys. Uh, what are some ways that you've either tried to do this in your homes or have seen it done well in homes that you've been around? Uh, I think like probably five-sixths of the things that we do are things we just stole from somebody else. Uh, and so I think context like this where you're seeing like, oh, that's a great idea, I should do that, and it ends up being really formative and helpful in your family, and you just borrowed it from somebody else. And so um, so I, I love I love this session just because I'm eager to walk out of here with, with more ideas um, for how to parent uh, well. So, all right, so that's, uh, that's what we're doing. So here is number one, create rhythms in your home uh, to talk about God's word. Create rhythms in your home to talk about God's word. Uh, go to Deuteronomy 6. We're going to, we're going to, this is super, super important, which ironically we're going to spend probably the least amount of time on this one, just because, as I said, the last session, 
next Sunday, Brian Davis is going to be talking about family worship. So uh, we're going to spend a ton of time on this next week. So uh, I'm going to kind of skim over that today, not because it's not important, just because we're going to we're going to cover it in its own session next week. So Deuteronomy six. Anybody there that would like to read uh, uh, that first first nine verses? All right, hold on. So, uh, I mean, you didn't do anything wrong. That's great. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think we see so far, right? So he said, the, the, uh, up in verse 1, um, this is what is commanded to, to teach to you, right? That you may do them. So so uh, these are the commandments, the statutes, the rules that God had given to be taught to the people. Uh, and, and then you have all these that's, right? That you may do them, that you may fear the Lord, that your days may be long, that it may go well with you, that you may multiply greatly. Um, then you have the, the Shema, Hero Israel, this famous uh, um, uh, verse in, in uh, six verses uh, four and five, and then uh, starting in verse seven, it's going to kind of it's going to come back around to that idea of like you're supposed to be teaching these things, and it's going to give us some instructions on what that teaching looks like. So go ahead, pick it up in verse seven. Good. Thanks. <clears throat> so you guys see, uh, as we went through that, that last those last few verses right there, what are what are some of the the time markers as far as like when you are to be teaching uh, uh, the Lord's rules and statutes and and uh, commandments to to your family? Literally constantly. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. John, you're gonna say something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you guys see that, right? So when uh, it's when you sit in your house, it's when you walk by the way. It's when you lie down. It's when you rise. Um, you have the uh, bind them as uh, uh, on your on your forehead. So they had these, uh, you know, phylacteries. Is that what those are called? The phylacteries uh, that that uh, would be a, like a box uh, where you would have a copy of a of God's yeah. word that would go in it. Um, I actually have one of these. Uh, when I was in Israel, I, I bought one of these at a, a little store. But it's uh, I can't remember the name for it right now. If anybody knows, uh, let me know. But it's a it's a little box that you put on your door jam. Um, and uh, and same thing, it's got like a rolled up, you know, kind of thing of God's word in there. And the idea is kind of you're going in and out and you can kind of touch it. And it, it, it's a it's a it's a physical reminder of what it's almost like a scripture memory card or something that you would have posted somewhere. And so that's what you see here. It says write them on the doorpost of your house and on the gates. So people to this day still literally do that and will have uh, God's word posted there. So, yeah, it's supposed to be all around us all the time uh, to uh, remind us um uh, of God's word and to, to keep our focus there. Um, so yeah, just uh, talk to me a little bit about what kind of application we should take from that uh, for our families uh, as we see this teaching here in Deuteronomy 6. Specifically, as we talk about creating rhythms in our home to talk about God's word. So, practically speaking, it seems like you're not just to wait for one point, one time of the day. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. You should be regularly doing it in regular conversation yep. with your children as you rise, as you lie, kind of like throughout the day. Yep, that's good. Yep. Yep, that's great. And I think that's good too. Like, you know, because I think <clears throat> even things like scripture memory are, are really helpful, obviously, and really beneficial, and catechism and, you know, kind of answer response or question response kind of, kind of things. But I think alongside of that, as you're helping your kid interact with how that friend treated them and you take them to scripture and you know talk about jesus who was reviled did not revile in return you know you can just take scripture and kind of weave it into kind of experiences throughout the day and i think that's as formative as hey give, give me word perfect your memory verse for today like what was it again oh you missed a word you missed a comma but you know um versus like 
<laughs> just kind of having that woven into your life to where it's just it's natural and I think it's it's really memorable. Yeah, it's good. I think that there's sort of an underlying assumption in these verses that like, we know the word, that hmm. we know God, and that because we can't really leave it into our instruction to them unless we ourselves know it. So I think there, there's sort of this underlying assumption like we're spending time in the word ourselves, we're really bathing in it and understanding God um, ourselves so that so that we can weave it into every little, like as we lie down, sure. as we're walking. And yep. Yeah, which is a great thing about, you know, parenting. It kind of forces us to, you know, not that we're always on, right? Like, I mean, obviously we all go through seasons where you're like, man, I, you know, maybe I've been a little bit dry lately or I haven't been in the Word as much lately as what, what I would like to be. But, you know, it certainly keeps us on our toes to keep pressing into the Lord and keep keeping His Word personally. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Is there anything, any advice you'd have that if, you're, you, if you've developed a rhythm but then it, you start to get into a rut, to a season where it's dry, not following in a dogmatic way, you're like praying five times a day, but more so like you're doing this rhythm, you wake up, you pray, you, you do your devotions, but then you feel like you're not getting, like it's a dry season. Any, yep. any advice or thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I was actually just, I was talking to, <clears throat> I think one of our church members uh, last week about this. And, um, I mean, you maybe heard this before the, the, you know, the old Puritan saying like, pray until you pray. <laughs> and, uh, and I just think that, I think there's a, I just try to remind myself when I'm in those seasons that if the Lord, if, if God's word commends something to me, it's, it's worth me doing, even if I'm not feeling like the results that I, I would want to feel one, because I think it's working on me, even if I, even if it's not working on me in the way that i I really want it to in that season, right? So, man, I would love to, I would actually, and I'm reading this, I would love to feel a little bit more than what I'm feeling right now, or, or think something more than what I'm thinking right now. Um, but I think the, the way God's word works on us is just kind of like waves on a shore over and over again. And so even if, even if, even if <clears throat> later that day, I can't even recall what I read in that morning, but it's still, man, I was in God's word and, and it's, it's doing something, you know? And so, um, and I've just found, like, in those seasons, man, just stay in it. I, what we don't want to do is be like, man, well, this, I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm just not going to do it anymore. I think we just try to stay faithful because God's word commends it, so it's good to do. And just pray, Lord, you know, give me a, give me some light breaking through. Uh, give me a, give me a, a ray of light. Give me, give me something. And I'm just going to keep doing this. And tr- by faith, trust me, you're going to do that. You know, I think as it pertains to parenting. With a similar question, uh, I think that um, I think things are you know it's seasonal, right? And so I think, especially as we have kids that are different ages and and different things, I I think these kind of rhythms will naturally shift and will will constantly be rethinking. And okay, we we committed to doing this in that season, but my goodness, that's not working at all, <laughs> you know. And so uh, <clears throat> that was great in theory, but you know, with my toddler and infant like that just ain't happening right now and so how do we rethink and how do we how do we you know shift and still try to be faithful to what we think god's word's telling us to do without trying to be so boxed into to kind of a form for it but yeah it's a good question yep um <clears throat> well let, let's keep going again uh, there's there's so much here and so much in, that's important about uh, about talking about god's uh word again brian davis is going to uh, uh really hammer that next week so so we'll keep going um, since he'll, he'll do a whole session on, on um, family worship together. Um, so number two, create rhythms in your home to remember the gospel. Create rhythms in your home to remember the gospel. Go to Exodus chapter 12. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 12. All right, somebody read uh, verse, we're not going to read all this, <clears throat> maybe you guys see just from headings in your in your Bible, um, like I have, right, so we, we, we're, we have the Passover, um, then in chapter 13, we have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, so we're going to kind of dip into both of those, so uh, somebody read Exodus 12, verse 14, and then verses 24 to 27, who's got that? Jerry, thanks. This day shall be for you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, as a statue forever, you shall keep it as a feast. Mm-hmm. And then 24 to 27? Verse 24. So he already said you should do this. It's a, it's a memorial. right? So this isn't, God's already done the saving event. 
he's already done the thing that you're remembering, but then what you're doing is you're somehow recreating this every year as a rhythm to remember and celebrate. Okay, and then verses 24 to 27. You shall observe this right as a statute for you and for your sons forever. And when you come to the land that the Lord has given, will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this service. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? That, you guys see parenting right there? Right, so there's, there's family discipleship, there's parenting, right? You're not just doing it, but your kids are like, what are you doing? Like, why do we keep doing this all the time? Well, go ahead, 27. You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, for he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians, but spared our houses, and the people bowed their heads. That's great. Jerry, since you're there, why don't you just go to 13, uh, verse 3. Um uh, well, um, yeah, you could read all of that. Why don't you skip to verse 7. Gotcha. Unleavened bread shall be eaten for seven days. No leavened bread shall be seen with you, and no leaven shall be seen with you in all your territory. You shall tell your son on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. And it shall be to you as a sign on your hand, and as a memorial between your eyes, that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand, the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep the statute at its appointed time from year to year. Yep, there it is. So you guys, you guys see uh, that <laughs> same thing again, right? So you're, you're, you're doing this so that you can explain it to your kids uh, and telling your son. So both the, the Passover event as well as the, the unleavened bread, both of these uh, recreated uh, um Annually, as a reminder um, to the whole family of what God did, so they're they're uh, remembering specifically to teach their kids what God had done in saving them. Um, any New Testament parallels to the same idea? The Lord's Supper. Yep, Lord's Supper, right? And so that's you're you're doing this in remembrance of me. Um, so again, even even in our uh, you know. So in my family, as we're taking the Lord's Supper, again, my kids aren't taking the Lord's Supper, um, but as my wife and I are, we can take that as a moment to explain to them what these elements represent. Uh, I love that in our church, uh, whenever we have baptisms, it's, it's kind of a, a common thing for parents to kind of run off and grab their kids and create a big log jam back there in the children's ministry and kind of bring kids back in to see the baptism because then you explain to people, why, why these people keep, 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 keep getting dunked? Anybody else's kids baptize each other in the bathtub? That happens, mine happens all the time. They're like, I'm where yeah, it's just, just a, well, so to be fair, when we were in China, all of our baptisms were in bathtubs uh, and people's apartments. So I, it just, it just, it just worked. So they're always just dumping each other. Um, uh, but yeah, so your kids can see that. You can explain to them um, uh, what, the, what the, the, the meaning of this and kind of the same thing, like God's saving work. And we see that pictured in the Lord's Supper. We see that pictured in baptism. Um, but yeah, so so same thing. Uh, the the in the New Testament, uh, the church is to remember this. Um, but yeah, as parents, we're tasked with with training our kids and instructing them in the ways of God, and so we should likewise build rhythms to remember and teach about God's saving work, just like the Exodus generation did. Um, so there's other examples of how to do this. I think again, as a gathered church, we do that with with baptism, the Lord's Supper, and just I mean even. Even our services are, are kind of structured around kind of a reenacting the gospel and, and the way that we sing and the way that we pray and, and those kinds of things. Kind of a gospel reenactment every as we confess sins and we praise God and we confess sins and then we go to the gospel. And um, you can even see that in the structure of our service at times. Uh, but then uh, other ways I think that we'll be, uh, we can do this as a family. Again, holidays are, are really, really big. Um, so one thing that, that our family does uh, for Christmas, um, so Christmas morning, uh, we start off, the first thing that our kids have to do is we, we have a, um, so we have a nativity scene, right, uh, that, that's setting out, uh, and Jesus is never there. So Jesus is, is uh, so we take Jesus out of the nativity scene from the beginning. Uh, so there's like this empty manger, and there's, you know, all the other characters there, and Jesus is gone. And then the whole way leading up to Christmas, we're always like, where is Jesus? Where, I mean, it's, the, you know, the jig's up a little bit now. Like, the kids know, like, yeah, we got it. But, you know, when they, especially when they were younger, they, like, didn't know where Jesus was. And uh, he's always missing. So we're talking about it all the time. And then uh, we have this little box. And so we, we uh, put the Jesus from the nativity scene in the box, and we wrap that. Uh, and that's the first gift that the kids have to find on Christmas morning. And we hide, we hide him somewhere, right? So, so Jesus is in a box, hidden uh, somewhere. Uh, yeah, there's... Don't, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, and so we hide him. Kids have to go around and they love it. So, and, and basically what we're talking about is, is, is uh, pursue Jesus, find, you know, seek, kind of ask, seek, knock, 
look for the Lord. Um, and, and, and when we find him, uh, we kind of unwrap Jesus and we, you know, kind of read some scripture and talk about he is, he is, uh, God's ultimate gift to us. The, the reason we have any other good thing is, is seen in light of, uh, and in the shadow of the, the goodness that we have in Christ. Okay. Now let's open up some gifts. Uh, but we start there first with, with kind of the goodness of Christ and him as a free gift of salvation. So it's the annual Christmas uh, rhythm of, of remembering the gospel together. Uh, at Easter, uh, one of the things that we do as a family is we, um, and, so, and my wife, uh, hey, come on in, man. Look out, look out. Man, gosh. Well done. Getting around there. Um, so at, at Easter, one of the things that we do is, uh, is we, um, and we have, uh, Again, I think my, my wife gets credit for this one. Um, uh, so we, we take, um, we have a basket, uh, kind of an Easter basket looking thing. Uh, it's just really just a basket. But uh, we, have, we have rocks. And so we have uh, um, these rocks that we put in the basket. Um, and they're different, they're different sizes, shapes, weights, uh, all these different kinds of things. And so on, uh, on Friday, um, we will we'll sit down as a family and we will we'll take out all the rocks out of the basket and and all the kid the, uh, we we basically we talk about uh, just observing the rocks. What do you notice about the rocks? Well, they're different weights. Well, they look different. Some of them are sharp. Some of them are smooth. Some of them are kind of ugly looking. Some of them are pretty. Um, and then we we liken that to our sin and how our sin uh, is is very similar to these rocks. So some seem more weighty some see seem lesser some are really really pretty uh some are really really ugly uh some have they have sharp edges other ones are kind of smooth and so we kind of use the rocks to talk about our sin and then we all put rocks we go around uh the the family and we each take a turn putting a rock in the basket and confessing a sin that we've we've committed uh recently um and so we're, we're doing that we're going around and we all put rocks in there and then uh, we have this red cloth that we that we put over the rocks, and so we put this red cloth, and we talk about how the blood of Jesus covers uh, our sins, and so we'll put that there. Anyway, so that sits uh, there from Good Friday until Easter morning, and then Easter morning they wake up, and the the rocks are gone, and there's there's uh, we've got candy and all kinds of treats and all that kind of stuff. So okay, so we're still doing kind of uh, we're still doing like a fun Easter thing, but we're we're. We're winding it back and trying to, to think about how, how, does, how does the gospel even enable us to enjoy these good gifts? Well, it's, you know, and so, so anyway, those are just some things that we've done. So, so those are just a couple from our, from our family. Uh, any, anything you guys do, again, it could be Christmas, it could be Easter, it could be a, another way that you guys are trying to rehearse uh, and create rhythms to remember uh, the gospel. The resurrection rules. Yeah. Easter. Okay. Tell us about those. <laughs> Put the, hey, they got to come out. The, you get a crescent roll. Yeah. You, I mean, you give every kid part of the crescent roll, and you got the marshmallow inside. That's Christ. And you wrap him in the tomb of the crescent roll, and you put oil, butter on for, you know, your, as cinnamon as the spices and oils that mm-hmm. are doing it. And you, you bake it, and he's not in the tomb. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's not a perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. He's pervasive. He's all over the place. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The tomb couldn't hold him. <laughs> Could not hold him. Yeah. That's good. Now, were you surprised he knew as much of the baking part of that as he did? That was impressive. That was damn well done. Good job. Good job. Brophy, you had one. Uh, I guess there's there's two not, not around the holidays, but something we'll do, and I know Brian's doing family worship. But something we'll do in family worship is kind of as parents uh, try to ask the kids if there's anything um, we need to repent up to them, mm. and like that gets fun when they're they're just Daddy, you did you made me wear a shirt I didn't want to wear, <laughs> but like it becomes, it becomes an opportunity to be like modeling repentance and then going to Christ for yeah. forgiveness. Yep. And so we're trying to model the, the art of the gospel that way. Yep. Uh, and then, too, this is not super creative, but every Christmas, like, we're going to do the Advent calendar. So it'll be like a scripture reading. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do like whatever. Usually it's chocolate. And then on the last day, yeah, talk about like, okay, now Jesus is here. It's better, than, better than anything else that you've gotten so far. Mm. Um, that's been, yeah, that's been helpful to. It's good. 
Yeah. That's good. Yeah, Becky. This is something kind of more for little older kids, but in the in the same idea of an advent calendar, there are resurrection eggs mm-hmm. that are twelve days before um, Easter that kind of walk the kids through each um, each egg has something different in it, like um, a dice for when they roll mm-hmm. the dice for Jesus' clothes, or a whip, or a nail, and things like that. And then the last like egg is empty. Yep. Um, that yep. can also be a tangible way of, of familiarizing them with. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, <coughs> we, we have that, that set, uh, some Christian publisher makes it, I don't know if it's Lifeway or somebody makes it, but, uh, you know, a cool thing uh, that we saw happen with that too, is we would have, we would have parties, um, uh, Easter parties, you know, Easter dinners and things like that with non-Christians. Uh, this is mainly when we were in China, whenever we were using that, the resurrection egg thing, <coughs> but it was really cool because we, we would just let our kids, um, you know, before dinner, uh, we'd be like, hey, you know, our kids want to kind of show you something they've been thinking through and working on. And so we just kind of step back and our kids just kind of open up the thing and they take out each egg and kind of will walk our non-Christian guests through the gospel like over and over and over again. Just kind of, and they're really excited about it. And so, uh, so anyway, that was, yeah, we, we've, we've loved using those too. That's good. Um, well, good. So, so yeah, so again, uh, what, what we're saying here is, is importance to create rhythm. So obviously it's always important to, uh, kind of in our coming and going to, to, to remind ourselves of the gospel. But I think if there's a way that we can kind of put it on our calendar uh, in, a, in a meaningful way of, man, we're, we're creating rhythms to where we're, we're, we're always doing this as a part of our, as our, our family's life together, whether it's annually, weekly, uh, daily. I think that's good. Uh, let's keep going. we got a few more to get through here. So number three, create rhythms in your home to remember God's faithfulness. <clears throat> create rhythms in your home to remember God's faithfulness. Uh, look at Joshua chapter 4. Joshua 4. Brett, I'm going to have you read. Uh, Go 1 through 7 there. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over <coughs> and lay them down in the place where you lodged tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, <coughs> Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon the shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come... Yeah, there it is again. You see it? When your children ask. All right, keep going. What do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to, to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Yep. And you can look over at verses 21 and 22. You see the same thing again. Uh, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? <clears throat> then you shall let your children know. Um, so again, so this is similar to what we saw with Passover and, and unleavened bread, right? So, uh, but kind of the, the distinguish, uh, 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 distinction that I'm trying to make here is, is Passover and unleavened bread is looking back to God's saving event. So we're wanting to remember the gospel together. But then here, again, this is a saving event. It's not the main saving event in the, in the Old Testament for Israel, but it's just a, it's another point where they saw God show up. It's another point where they saw God's faithfulness. And you create a way, even though it's not the Passover, the main thing, it's also, it's still a way we saw God's faithfulness. And so we build these stones. So that when our kids are like, what's this big pile of stones doing here? We can walk them through how God allowed us to cross the Jordan. So again, <clears throat> great rhythms in your home to remember God's faithfulness. I was so mad. I told Brophy earlier. I, I was in the car on the way here and I yelled out loud. I was like, ah, I forgot. So I was going to do show and tell today. So we, we do literal stones of remembrance, uh, and I was going to bring them, and I, and I didn't. I forgot. So anyway, um, so we do stones of remembrance. So we get little river stones, you know, little, you know, kind of things you can put in your rock garden or driveway or whatever. Uh, and then we get these uh, acrylic paint markers. <clears throat> and so we've gone through, and we've, uh, we, we write on them uh, different ways that we've seen God's faithfulness in the life of our family. So each of our kids' birth stories have their own. So we have, we'll, we'll just write uh, a kid's name. And we actually did this with our kids, so we let them write their own. Uh, so it's kind of funny. It's all sloppy. And, you know, Sophie will write hers on January 8th, you know, 2012. And, and so, and so that, that'll be a stone. Um, 
we have a stone in there for um, our honeymoon uh, story. We have a crazy honeymoon story about how we got off the plane on the wrong Caribbean island uh, and uh, had to call out to the Lord to save us from our stupidity. And that's a great story if you ever want to hear that one day. Uh, it involved me busting through a glass door and standing on a runway of an airport and on a Caribbean island. It's a great story. Anyway, so that's on a stone. Um, our first, uh, we moved to Memphis from after we got out of seminary. Uh, we moved to Memphis, Tennessee. First day in town, there was a drive-by shooting in our front yard. I was standing on the front porch, uh, and we had happened to rent a house between two rival gang, drug-related uh, feud kind of thing going on. And everybody's like, the whole block is great. There's two problem houses. You just moved in between in between them uh so uh the there's one that just says the shooting uh and that's on, that's on a rock uh and our thing uh we've got um uh, uh the lord uh calling us to to move to china we've got the lord uh the summer of 2019 we had a bunch of death in my family you know, so we just have summer of 2019 is written on a rock so what we can do is uh, uh as as a rhythm um, so every every new year, uh, or you know, you can create your own rhythm with this. But we just have a bag, uh, and we put all those rocks in there, and then the kids can kind of take turns, kind of reaching in, pulling out a rock, and be like, "This one has this date. What does that mean?" Oh, let me tell you about what God did. Let let us recount the story, uh, and they can just hear us. And I mean, it's very similar to you know, we saw God's faithfulness, um, and uh, the kids are and, and Joshua they see the rocks and they they do that. So we do. I mean, you could do other ways to do that. We just do literal stones of remembrance and write dates on them and uh, and kind of let the kids pull them out and they're excited about it. So um, so that's one that we do. Um, Let's see. I, I think when you're practicing hospitality, when you when you're having people in your home, I think intentionally asking how people became Christians, just as a rhythm of, of your family, so your kids are always hearing stories. That, you know, people will be like, "Hey, tell me again how you became a believer." Kids are all sitting there. They get to hear somebody telling their story again, and then that question is often reciprocated. Oh yeah, tell me how you became a Christian. So then they hear mommy and daddy like recounting their story of faith over and over again. That's just part of a rhythm that that is in front of them all the time. Um, one family that I emailed this week has a, has a birthday rhythm of, uh, you know, um, that includes as they're, as they're kind of celebrating that kid on their birthday is, uh, uh at the breakfast uh, table on their birthday, the, their mom will walk them through the details of the day that they were born, uh, just kind of God's faithfulness in, in that day, uh, to start out each birthday. Um, one thing we do for Thanksgiving, uh, we do a, uh, we'll often, uh, do a, a, a tree. So we'll just do like a big kind of a construction paper tree on the girl's bedroom door. And then each day we have these leaves that we'll cut out of, of paper. And so each day kids can write something they're thankful for and, and kind of put it up. So it's Thanksgiving week or, or Thanksgiving month. We do it for the month of, of uh, November. Um, so remembering things we're thankful. So just remembering God's faithfulness. So anyway, those are some of the things we do. Anything that you guys do or have seen done well that, that uh, has been helpful to remember God's faithfulness. Yeah, heard of that. Yeah, and um, so we have like I recorded the worship service at the orphanage where we adopted our son, and she painted it for us. Hmm. That's up on our wall. And whenever people like hospitality, whenever people come over, what what is that? Mm -hmm. And I get to tell the whole story of how God was faithful through that story. Or we like almost all the artwork up in our living room has a story behind Mm. faithfulness. That's that's great. That's great. Anybody else? There were a couple hands. Yeah, Becky. We, we used to love that Thanksgiving tree, too. And one year, it just got out of control how many eaves it had on it. And so um, I started a journal. Yeah. We would just periodically go around the table at supper and ask the kids what they were thankful for. Hmm. Um, and I love, we, that's not something that we've kept up with, but I think that's a beautiful way of remembering <coughs> the Lord's faithfulness. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I wish I had written them down. Because mm. I can remember a few of them. You know, like Matt's aunt from out of town, in town, and she's at a garage sale, and she's like, oh, I wonder if these shoes would fit Lydia. You know, like, yeah. totally random things that the Lord did to provide for us. Mm. But I think that, that journal is something we did for a season that I wish I had been more consistent with. Yep. 
It's good. It's great. All right, let's do number four. Uh, create rhythms in your home for hospitality, service, and mission. Create rhythms in your home for hospitality, service, and mission. Um, there's a bunch of verses here. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I mean, they're all, they're all like be hospitable and welcome the stranger. And uh, I mean, all right. Brophy, could you read uh, Luke ten twenty seven? Uh, Jerry, Hebrews thirteen, one and two. Um, Romans twelve thirteen. Yep. You want to want First Peter four nine. That'll be good. I'll get us in there. Go for it. I'm ready. Are you ready? Oh, I'm, I'm ready. Do it. <laughs> Any answer? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 13. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Mm-hmm. Romans 12. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. <coughs> First Peter. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we as Christians just have a, uh, you know, it's incumbent upon us to, to love our neighbor, to be hospitable, uh, to welcome the stranger, uh, to do all those things. And so I th- think it's important in our homes as, as, as families uh, of believers to um, have that as a part of our rhythm as well, both, you know, for, for hospitality, for service, for mission. Um, so, you know, by doing so, we instill in our children kingdom values and emphases that are uh, indelible, I think, in their lives. Uh, so ways, uh, ways I've, I've seen this done well. One, uh, I don't know if you guys, so I, again, I said I emailed a few people this week. Hey, what are some of the things you do? Um, uh, one of the uh, people on that list was Josh and Steph Chapman. Uh, for those who remember Josh and Steph, he, he was one of our interns, became an elder here. We planted, uh, helped uh, plant them down in Memphis. Uh, he's uh, pastoring in Memphis now. Um, but they actually came up with a, with a family mission statement on their first anniversary. And he says they have it hanging in, on their uh, uh, family room wall. Here's uh, their family mission statement. It says, Team Chapman lives to glorify God by knowing Christ intimately, living missionally, building up the body, I'm sorry, building up the body, giving sacrificially and making memories. So Team Chapman lives to glorify God by knowing Christ intimately, living missionally, building up the body, giving sacrificially and making memories. And so for him, that's, um, that's hanging in their living room. So that's something they can constantly look at and talk about as a family. Hey, this is our mission. This is what we want to be about. Uh, I have a, a friend up in uh, Philadelphia, uh, a guy named Brandon, who uh, recently emailed me because they were trying to come up with a, uh, he's a believer, they're trying to come up with kind of like a family crest kind of a thing that has some uh, some images in there, uh, but then some, some some of their values as well. Um, so, you know, I helped him think through that a little bit. And so they had a designer kind of put it together and they're printing that out real nice on like a cloth thing and it's going on their wall too. It's, a, it's just something visual. Hey, this is what we want to be about. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, something to keep pointing them to that. Um, so yeah, mission. Uh, one thing that, that uh, we've tried to do as a family is to uh, 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 frequently host um, international students um, or expat church members. So church uh, people who are here from another country uh, for a season. Uh, uh, which so we we had that obviously we had that a ton when we lived in Shanghai. Our church was. 35 different nations, uh, and so it'd be easy to, you know, you find different, basically different uh, people from different countries, and what we would have them over for a celebration from their home country, and be like, hey, we're going to have you over, uh, you know, uh, they're from Venezuela, okay, there's this, this uh, holiday coming up in Venezuela, and have a, a group of Venezuelans over and try to, I don't even know what's going on, we're just, we're providing the space, and we'll buy whatever you want us to buy, but like, take us through a, a celebration. So uh, we've done that here since moving to, to Alexandria. We've had uh, uh, some Chinese uh, um, uh, friends over to do uh, Chinese New Year, to do a mid-autumn festival uh, where you make these little mooncakes. We've done that a couple times, uh, which has been fun. Uh, but again, it's just a, a way. Our kids think it's weird if we go too long without having people over. And they'll start to get antsy. And they'll start to ask me like, is anybody coming over tonight? Why not? Like they get like they they think it's strange if we haven't had somebody in our home in a while, um, or there have been seasons where like you know uh, you know every Sunday we would have people over and so after church and so they'd be like hey who's coming over today and we're like ah, nobody's coming over today and they're like 
why is nobody coming over today? Uh, and again, I, not that their motives are, you know, they're not, they just want people to play with, I think. You know, it's not like, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to say my kids are like, hey, we should be hospitable and, you know, uh, evangelistic. I, they just want to play with people. But uh, they, they've noticed that, and that's kind of a rhythm uh, in their lives that, that they've, uh, they've become accustomed to. Um, so, yeah, practicing hospitality, um, uh, hosting people from, from different countries. Um, we, another thing we've done is, is to try to utilize uh, holidays uh, to meet and to reach uh, neighbors. Uh, so I, I think there's obvious ones, right? Christmas, Easter, do those things. Uh, we've even done at times um, where we, uh, this is when we lived in Memphis, um, we, on Valentine's Day, we had our kids make little, uh, little Valentine's cards and we walked them to all of our neighbors' houses. And so that's a great thing with like cute little kids, like they're going to answer the door, right? We just send our kids up there and be like, just knock on the door and they're cute and they've got these little things. And then just a way to like meet neighbors and, you know, have, we had some, you know, verses uh, written in the little Valentine's. We gave them some candy. Um, Halloween, uh, we, um, I realize there's other different uh, opinions on Halloween. I think it's uh, honestly one of the most missional holidays of the year. Uh, there's no other time where your neighborhood is coming to your door. Uh, and so whenever Christians are like, hey, let's shut off all the lights and act like we're not here. I'm like, good grief. Like, no, like, don't do, like, lights on, pumpkin out front. Like, I, I want, like, even if, I, I'm not saying you got to dress up like a witch or something. Like, I, you don't have to do that. But, like, to be like, yes, like, you want to walk around? Like, I, yeah, we'll, we'll happily engage you. Uh, we would do a thing in our church in Texas. Uh, this is a little cheesy. <laughs> but they had this, it was called a... Uh, Boogers and Halloweenies. So, burgers and hot dogs, basically. Uh, so, <laughs> boogers and Halloweenies. Uh, and it was, they would uh, print up the promotional material for it. Uh, and it was a huge church. So, they had like these, you know, grills that you would hook to a hitch behind your truck and like, you pull it around. Uh, but uh, they encouraged like all, uh, people to do block parties. And so, um, so we did one one year where, you know, we just had this huge grill out front and we're just inviting all the neighbors. Um, and so what we want, we don't just want kids coming up, grabbing candy and running. We want them hanging out. And so we had games in the front yard to where it was like, oh, you can win more candy if you stay here and like do pumpkin bowling. You know, we had like a hay bale bowling alley with pumpkins and, you know, and they could, uh, and they'd knock down these gourds at the end. And so, but as they're doing that, we're talking to the parents. So the kids are doing stuff. We have other people in our church who are handing out candy for kids doing things. We're engaging the parents. So it's not just neighbors coming, grabbing candy and running, but we're actually capturing our neighbors for, you know, uh, five to 10 minutes while they're there so we can have conversations. Uh, and then we'd have hot dogs if they wanted that, if they wanted to eat those kinds of things. Um, so we use holidays uh, for doing those kinds of things. Um, <clears throat> uh, Christmas rhythms um, uh, for doing this. Um, there's another one from the Chapmans, uh, email Josh and Steph. Um, they have the kids pick out a, a gift from the Samaritan's Purse Christmas catalog um, and then let the kids know that they're doing that in place of receiving a gift for Christmas. Uh, and they pick out a gift to, to be sent to somebody else. Um, one of the things we, uh, for year, we haven't done this in the last couple of years, but we did this for years. We do something similar with those, I uh, can't remember what organization it is, but they got like the chickens and goats and stuff, like World Vision maybe. Um, yeah, one of those kinds. Of, we'd get those magazines. And so what we do is we would, we would um, give the kids, so we, we, would, uh, we would do this as an extended family. So my brother's family, sister's family, my mom, dad, our family, we'd get together and uh, we would all say, okay, how much money do we want to donate? To, to this and so we'd all you know let's say that we came up with like 300 bucks so we'd take all the grandkids so my kids brothers and sisters kids and then we'd get monopoly money that represented the, the money that, that we had and we'd put it in different envelopes in different denominations uh, in different envelopes and we'd let the kids all draw an envelope um, and then we'd have all the magazines laid out and so all the all the all my my kids nieces nephews all had envelopes with different dollar amounts and then we had all the magazines and we're like all right uh, what we want you guys to do is to work together to give some gifts and so now they're like, somebody's like, hey, I've got $23 and somebody's got, I've got 47 and like, oh, if we go together, we can buy a goat and three chickens or, you know, and so they're, they're like going together and doing all that. And so it's kind of a fun, we wanted to do something to where we're instilling in our kids, hey, this isn't all about you getting stuff. Um, but we also wanted to do it in a fun way. And that was kind of something they had fun with. So we did that uh, for a while. Uh, the trailer family, uh, so Patrick and Ron the trailer said, for, for many years on Christmas morning, before any presents are unwrapped, we deliver home-baked goodies to the Alexandria Police Department and Alexandria Fire Station and the Alexandria Sheriff's Department as a way to thank them for working on Christmas. 
that tradition has really helped to teach Benjamin that Christmas has very little to do with going nuts around the tree on Christmas morning. Um, so another uh, good way. Um, <laughs> you should ask him sometime. The next paragraph in his email, he he has, he has some funny way to like compare how each of those departments react to the gifts and like <laughs> some of them more suspicious. And some of them <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, uh, so uh, uh, the hearts. Uh, um, Josh and Crystal Hart said they open a, on Christmas, they open a Jesus box. So they have a red gift box with uh, Matthew 25, 31 to 40 printed and pasted on the inside of the lid. And so in that, what they do is they keep, um, as throughout the year, as they've been given thank you notes for different things from people, they'll actually put those in uh, this Jesus box that they have. And so they put all the thank you notes in there. It's a way to kind of keep them. Uh, but also missionary support letters go in there. Um, pictures of their family serving in various ways, things like that. And so uh, they unbox that at, at Christmas time and thank the Lord for the opportunity uh, to partner with others, to serve others. And he said it's not, it's not like a pat yourself on the back kind of a thing, but rather it serves to show their kids that serving others is a vital part of the Christian life and that uh, Jesus came uh, to serve and not to be served. Uh, so they, they think it's a helpful way to reflect on Advent. So that's a, that's a cool uh, kind of rhythm that, that the Hart family has created. Um, Anyway, yeah, mission, um, creating mission, uh, rhythms of, of, of mission, hospitality, uh, service. Uh, one thing for a while that we did as a part of our uh, kind of family worship, uh, we would, uh, we called it World Wednesdays. And so, <clears throat> you know, at, after, at the end of dinner, I would, we have a globe. And so I'd pull out a globe and kind of put it in the middle of the, of the dinner table. <clears throat> and uh, we would let our kids uh, kind of spin it. <laughs> and so we had a copy of Operation World and we had a globe. And so we'd let our, our, our kids have fun with it. They would spin it and be like, you know, kind of stop it and point to a country. Uh, and then for that country, we would do the same thing. We would pray for the gospel to go forward uh, in that country. We'd pray for missionaries who were in that country. And then we'd look at Operation World and try to come up with some prayer points. So it was a way to kind of be thinking missionally uh, about the world. And it was, a, it was a rhythm, World Wednesdays. We would, we would just do it every week. So, um that was a way. Um, yeah, anyway, I have more that people had, had given. Any, any things that you guys have, uh, have done or have seen done well to um, help create rhythms of, of mission and of uh, hospitality and service? Yeah, I've, uh, for hospitality, I've seen the Davises model this really well. Mm. Like they're consistently bringing people from church to lunch to the point where Noelle Davis, their daughter, has invited me. Every time I see her, she invites me to their house for lunch. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really she knows it's, it's not inappropriate to do because yeah, like, like this is what we do. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah so That's awesome. I think for them, yeah. That's great. I think for I think for us, like so for years we hosted a small group in our home and so we would just involve the kids, particularly Emily since she's older, in preparing like putting out plates or whatever and she like loves it to the point where she asks to this we haven't hosted a small group in like two years, but um Every week, she's like, "Hey, we're we gonna have small group this week." Like, just mm-hmm. continually asking shirts to like serve and <laughs> set up like planes and da da da. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just involving them in the prep, I think, sure. creates that kind of rhythm. Yep, that's good. Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say, at our our last church in North Carolina, our community group did a, a really good job of doing life together. And one of the things that they did every year was very similar to what you did for Halloween. Hmm. Um, and they they were like our community group was known as the house to go to in the neighborhood because they awesome. even something as small as like they didn't skimp on candy bars. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, they weren't buying like offering candy bars. They were like <laughs> the community group would get together the week before and we'd all carve these elaborate pumpkins yeah. and set them out and then every kid that voted one they came by trick or treating got a full size Snickers or something. Oh, yeah. And like it became known as that's like awesome. that's the house to go to and the adults would offer hot cocoa and like coffee and stuff to the parents and sit around and talk to the parents while their kids are yep. and um it just fostered a lot of community and like that house became known as the house of generosity and coffee yeah <laughs> Halloween, and, like, yep. that's where you went with your that's kids. awesome yeah, yep so. and probably throughout the year too like people know <laughs> you know hey if we have if we have a need hey that's the house you know too that we can if we need we need prayer we need you know you know counsel we need you know kind of a warm home open table like I think it creates that kind of a thing too I think people start to realize that it's good <clears throat> yep that's good awesome were there <clears throat> a couple more yeah um, we have some neighbors from CHBC uh, who 
actually this whole year. One night a week, we have the mom and the girls over. Mm, that's good. Um, our families have also kind of bubbled through COVID too, so it's been good to have be able to have someone come into the home. Um, and it's such that like our, our older two will ask like, why do we keep having them? Mm. And being able to explain like this is one way to love our brothers and sisters in Christ who we don't have at our church, but who are fellow believers in Christ. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, hospitable to other believers, and that's great. We did one, uh, one year that that story reminded me too. We um, we did a, uh, I think it was in the early fall or something like that. But we just is you know, again in Memphis. We realized like in Memphis is really hard. It's hard to meet our neighbors. They weren't you know we were doing everything that we could. So we just. Thought we'd give it a shot on our block. I don't know how many houses there were, probably twenty houses or something like that. But we we made a we made a menu. Had our kids help kind of make it. We made a menu or an invitation. Hey, on Saturday this date, we want to have a, a, a cookout. We're going to cook all the meat, and then we just want people to bring a side. And so we went and we put it in everybody's mailbox. And so we just asked by this date, please put this back in our mailbox. Here's our address. Uh, and so it was like um, we planned to come, um, and then it had we had burgers, dogs veggie burgers, you know, we had a different option of, 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 of meats and meats uh, uh, on there. And, uh, and people could kind of check what they wanted, how many of each they wanted, and then if they could bring a side and what side they would bring. And so they would come and drop that back in our mailbox. <laughs> we had no idea how this was going to go. It was like, it was, it was like a raging success. Uh, people, uh, they were there and they were like meeting each other. Like, wait, where do you live? And like, wait, you're my next door neighbor. Like people had, I mean, literally people lived beside each other for like a decade and had never met. I was just like blowing my mind. And like, and this one lady, she was in her 70s. She was like, I lived here my whole life. Nothing like this has ever happened on this block. And we're just like, what is, you know, um, but people were open to it. Um, obviously now with, you know, COVID stuff, I don't know how that would work now, but I mean, maybe some people would be overjoyed to have something like that, you know, but wouldn't hurt to, to try and uh, do things like that. But yeah, it was just a, people didn't have to do it. It was a menu. They could click it if they wanted to. They, you know, could ignore it if they wanted to. So, um, all right, number five, create rhythms in your home for fun and celebration. Create rhythms in your home for fun and celebration. Um, I put, uh, what did I put there? Nehemiah 12. I just, uh, you see a big celebration uh, there in Nehemiah 12 um, uh, to celebrate the work that, that had gone on and uh, uh, what the Lord had accomplished through them. Uh, John 10, 10, uh, uh, life abundantly. Um, so uh, uh, Jesus came to give us life abundantly. Psalm 127 uh, just talks about children being a, a blessing and a delight. Um, anyway, some of those verses just, man, if, if kids are a delight to us, we want to create an atmosphere of delighting and having fun together. Uh, the Lord has, has, has uh, given us an abundant life. Uh, celebrations are a good and godly thing. And so I think it's, it's uh, important for us to create rhythms of, of celebrating together and having fun together. Um, the, the family of the believer should not be marked by drudgery or duty or fear or being so laced up that you can't ever cut loose and laugh and have fun. So again, if the yoke of Jesus is easy and if his burden is light, that should be reflected in our family cultures. Um, Chapman, for you that know them, say they just try to listen to music often and have dance parties in their home. So they're always dancing around. Um, we, um, uh, for, uh, you know, for birthdays, I think this is a good way, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, easy to kind of do this, celebrate uh, your kids on their birthdays. Uh, so for us, the kids pick the meals, they pick the activities, uh, and then we... Uh, uh, we sit around the, the, the dinner table as we as we uh, eat dinner that night with whatever meal they picked, and we go around and everybody um, says something uh, that they love about about the person whose whose birthday it is. Um, which is, the hard part is getting them to like look them in the eyes and say, "I love this about you," because they're like, uh, "The thing I love about Sophie is we're like look at Sophie and talk to her," uh, and so uh, trying to, to to get people to or get get the kids to do that, um, uh, kind of celebrating them. Uh, there's ways to create weekly rhythms uh, around food. I know plenty of families that do Taco Tuesdays, uh, Pancake Saturdays. Uh, before I was a pastor, I did crepe Sundays. So started to, to learn how to make crepes. I had a bottle of crepe maker, and so we would make crepes every Sunday morning. Um, and I have a few too many responsibilities to do that on Sunday mornings now, but I used to be able to We'd make crepes every Sunday morning. Kids loved it. Um, a family I know in Memphis does cinnamon roll Sundays, and the reason, uh, which I love, is uh, they said they wanted Sundays to have a sweet smell to them. 
and so they make uh, the mom makes cinnamon rolls and has them. So as the kids are waking up on Sunday morning, uh, the house is just smell filled with like a sweet smell. Uh, so even creating a, a sweet uh, smell uh, for Sunday mornings, uh, which I, I, I really like. <clears throat> you know, things around we do things with daddy dates. I take uh, take turns with the girls, taking them out uh, for breakfast. Uh, once a week, uh, rotate which girls uh, I'm doing it. Um, special trips, special outings at, at different age markers, whether that's 10 years old or 13 or 16 or 18, uh, having ways to, to, to celebrate and kind of mark those kind of milestone uh, birthdays, whether that's a trip that uh, dad or mom takes with one of the kids or whatever that looks like. Uh, one of the things that, that I do is uh, on each child's birthday, um, again, so this don't don't tell anybody uh, this. My kids don't know about it. Um, so on their birthday, I in the morning, I will write them a letter. Uh, I call them daddy letters. They're saved in a file on my, my computer. Um, so it's a it's um, it's me giving them uh, the last year from dad's perspective. Um, and I'll put some pictures of me and that kid in there. Um, so I have pictures that I'm, and I'm intentionally throughout the year wanting to get solo pictures, just me with each of those kids. Cause I know those are going to go in the daddy letter at, on the birthday. So I put those in there. Here's a recap. Here's how I've seen you grow. This is, here's some, I, I keep a list of funny quotes that they say. I put funny quotes in there. These are the things that you really like right now. Here are who your friends are. And I do that. And then I, 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 I print those, laminate them, and then at some point, I don't even know when yet, but at some point, I don't know if it's like when my daughter gets engaged or um, when they turn 18 or when they go off to college, I want to give them a stack of here's the daddy letters that I've been writing you um, all these years. And so they can kind of read about their life from my perspective. Um, so anyway, that's that's one thing that, um, <clears throat> that I do. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so... Yeah, just fun stuff that we can do. One of these things, uh, one time I heard somebody uh, talk about how they, they'll often just kind of surprise their kids with fun stuff, like uh, um, the hearts talk about that, just taking a family trip and not telling the kids about it and, and just, hey, we're going to go somewhere real quick, but they have all the bags packed in the in the trunk and they take off. Uh, we've done like surprise night swims uh, or, or night sled riding or something like that at different times where like we actually let the kids go to sleep um and then uh kind of wake uh, at my mom's house so she's got a pool and uh all their all their older uh, all the cousins are I'm the youngest in my family so all their cousins are older and so um so they uh um well you know they're all swimming made our all of our kids go to bed and then we'll go wake them up and be like hey guys get up we're going to go swimming they're like what it's great so they'll hop up and we'll all just go uh, do a night swim together it's fun uh, so my friend in, in Memphis who talks about this he says our goal is that nobody outfunds our family like that's our goal. Like nobody has more fun than us, and so uh, nobody outfunds our family. So that's a that's a good goal. Uh, all right, the final one: uh, create rhythms in your home for rest. Create rhythms in your home for rest. Um, so obviously, I think there's ways to do this daily uh, uh, to rest, uh, to be able to put work away uh, when you're home, and to engage with your family, just to rest and enjoy each other. Uh, weekly, obviously, the uh, the Lord's Day. And again, rest uh, on the Lord's Day isn't always like, oh, I feel super refreshed and rested. Sometimes Sundays are they're long, and uh, and but there's a there's a, a spiritual soul rest that comes from engaging in the things of God and with the people of God that is restful, uh, and then seasonally as well. So so uh, take vacations uh, again. I mean, finances are different for all of us in different seasons, and so there's times where you're just you know. We're doing something super budget, but uh, just trying to take time to, to uh, go for a hike or uh, you know do something cheap and uh, vacation together. Um, so so really try to plan in rhythms uh, for that as well. Um, so especially if you have particularly busy seasons, try to follow those with intentionally unbusy seasons. I, I think it's is, is a good practice as well. Um, sorry, couldn't say a little bit more on that. I think we are over time, but. Um, any final comments? Uh, I didn't really get any stuff from you guys uh, on fun and celebration. Uh, sorry about that. Um, anybody have something super fun or celebratory that you would want to share before we close? Or something restful? Uh, rhythms of, of creating rhythms for rest. Any of those two? Awesome. Well, uh, hopefully uh, this has been helpful uh, for you guys. I love thinking through this. I, I wrote down a few ideas, uh, things that you guys shared that, that I would love to think about more, maybe put into practice as well. So, uh, so uh, some good stuff there. So may the Lord bless our desires to create family cultures that are glorifying to him and uh, reflect uh, the gospel uh, and the easy burden uh, and uh, the uh, responsibility to 
create memories and to, to remember um, his goodness and the gospel and all those kinds of things. So let me pray. God, thank you for, uh, uh, indeed, for uh, the good news of Christ. Thank you for your faithfulness. God, I pray that we would be able to remember uh, that faithfulness and, um, and even create uh, special ways to do that. God, I pray uh, even uh, in these next couple weeks as we are um, looking forward to, to Christmas and celebrating the incarnation, I pray that we would um, be intentional about uh, in our own lives, uh, remembering and dwelling and reflecting on that and um, doing that well in our families as well. Uh, we thank you. pray that you would, uh, would uh, stir our affections in this uh, worship service together. Uh, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.